<laughs> Are you ready for the next episode? <laughs> hey, do I have like a good announcer voice? Could I do that? Like, I've wondered if I could do that for like, like a job. Like, I have no idea. Are you ready? <laughs> I don't know. Can I be the movie phone guy? <laughs> movie phone. <laughs> all I'm thinking of you know is we is Kramer. Seinfeld last night. We were we were watching the the Seinfeld like best of show last night and, and Kramer on press one. Why don't you just tell me what movie you're looking for? Yeah, I forgot. That's what I imagine. That's I forgot how funny and yet incredibly uncomfortable yeah. <laughs> it's such was. an amazing show yeah yeah such an amazing show i'm trying to think of uh, yeah there's there's just not a whole lot of other shows that have been like that i mean where it's mm. like truly just about nothing <laughs> kind of like our banter it's just <laughs> oh oh yeah yeah we could be like the next no let's no let's not do let's not mm-mm. 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 nope we're very grounded in what we're not. Very grounded. <laughs> very grounded. Oh I'm trying to launch something here. I just realized. So I can, you know, maybe. Do, yeah. I don't know. Mm. <laughs> I took a stab at recording uh, meditation. and um, That was so good. Well, it, it's just really, it's really funny what you what you hear yourself do when you're recording a <laughs> yeah. vocal and realizing that when you talk for a long period of time, when you're not in a conversation, you're trying to record something like that. Yeah. You're like, Oh my gosh, my mouth is getting dry. Oh no. What do I do? What do I do? <laughs> right. What do I do with the spit in my mouth? Like, <laughs> <laughs> right. yes. All and the you're things. just like all in and you, <laughs> what's really weird to me still is that, and this is like a, I mean, everybody kind of knows this about their own recorded voice, but when you speak, you, like you hear your voice inside of your head. You yeah. don't hear it detached from being like inside of your head. Right. And that's been a, that's been definitely been a thing to get used to mm-hmm. as we're recording. We go back and, you know, hear ourselves or whatever else. It's like, Jesus, that's what I sound like. Well, <laughs> I remember the the first time we recorded, the very first episode we released. Yeah. Um, I was fine having the conversation with you, but I wouldn't listen to it for the longest time. Right, right. Because I didn't want to hear myself talk. Right. Um, so yeah, it takes a little while to kind of get used to that. And I have, I have kind of this record playing in my head um, of somebody in high school, a friend of mine from youth group, who we were talking on the phone one night and he says... Can you just stop talking? Your voice is really annoying. Yeah, that guy was a fucking asshole. Yeah. So it just so imprints on you that yeah. you should just not be heard, right? Yeah. So this, how many years later? <laughs> I know, seriously. It's like, it, it was- Fuck a, that guy. Well, it's still, it's like one of those big hurdles to get over. So now I'm just like, well, if, you know- <laughs> I don't really care. Well, he shouldn't listen to our podcast then. <laughs> he wouldn't like our podcast. <laughs> well, who knows? <laughs> All the people we haven't been in touch with, you know. Yeah. Speaking of going way back. Oh my gosh, we found the scrapbook. Yeah. Well, you found the scrapbook. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so you don't know this yet because oh. since we just sat here a couple minutes ago and did that, yeah. I did a video. Of this, like turning the pages of the scrapbook, showing oh, the video. Oh, that's what you were doing. And it's on IGTV, IGTV <laughs> on our sacred spaces. Oh <laughs> so my God. Everyone can see it. Yeah, yeah. The, uh, the, the moment in the water. The moment in the water. And the hideous scrapbook. God, it was terrible. I'm looking I at love it. And it. Like, well, I mean, it has its own memory, but it's a good thing I stopped. I literally showed the entire scrapbook in that little <laughs> In a couple of seconds. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You were, uh, I, I don't think you were bad at scrapbooking. Oh, you just I didn't was. have the patience for it. So. I didn't have the patience yeah. and I was bad at it. So um, <laughs> I'm really okay with that. I, I know what I shouldn't be doing. Right. That is not <laughs> one of professional scrapbooking. That is not my superpower. <laughs> 
God. Are yeah. there professional scrapbookers? Well, there probably oh, are, probably aren't there? Are. Mm-hmm. Or there probably were at one point in time. I mean, we live I, in a yeah. little different world now. But uh, Yeah, digital scrapper. <laughs> digital scrapper. <laughs> yeah, with your IGGGGGV. Speaking of being and... very aware of what your voice does. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Yeah, that's right. That's right. But uh, that was fun seeing that. Yeah. Kind of, you know, just was... zipping us back there. It was funny because you and I talked about this, having not seen this of these pictures for so yeah. long and then we go back to them like it's exactly what I remembered yeah. you know yeah. so um, and you're like is that really me in the water <laughs> yeah. like yes I remember <laughs> yes, you remember yeah it's like the back of my head or something and yeah but that's alright you remember it I, I told you I trust it. you I trust you that it's yeah. me so <laughs> um, but uh, that also brought up something that um, that you were saying that, that we should actually talk about the, the YWAM experience at some uh, point in yeah. time. Because, um, I mean, that is our story. I mean, that's where we met, you know, right. is we met because we were doing this mission trip with YWAM or youth right. with a mission and uh, and did some crazy shit while we were there. We were looking at that too, like the skits we did and <laughs> all that kind of stuff. Yeah. We were like, yeah, we should talk about that whole thing sometime. So not this time, but we talked no, about that. No, we should talk about it. And I told you I have no problems shining the light on that shit. No. Because it was really messed up. Yeah, because our fond memories of YWAM are you and I. Yeah, and, and I mean, <laughs> we have some... We have other friends. I'm not saying yeah, other yeah. friendships. I'm just saying like there were some... so many fucked up things that happened but you and I, I mean, yeah. we will we will always appreciate it because of you and I. Yeah. But uh, there was a lot of fucked up shit. Yeah. A lot of fucked up shit. Yeah. Can you so, say it one more time? Lot of fucked up shit. <laughs> okay. <laughs> now those five listeners we still had are gone. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, you know, this is just these are seed bank episodes. So, like, when we get really huge, people will go back and be listening and see Somebody's all... Somebody's going to count the F-bombs for us. Yeah, somebody... <laughs> there's going to be a, a best of show someday with just me saying fuck a whole bunch. Well, so... there it is again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you know. Yeah. I, it's Listen, this is no different than my real life, and that's what we said, right? Yeah. So, but, uh So, we had a conversation yesterday... With a couple of other podcasters that oh, were yeah. kind of in conversation about uh, doing a collaborative, um, you know, podcast yeah. conversation. Yeah. And um, so that may, you know, come around in the future. But it was uh, it was really interesting that we <laughs> we realized the rookies that we are too. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> in that, in that we. We really are not, I mean, I would love to say that, you know, someday this could be really, you know, successful in whatever that actually means. Yeah. But, um, but really stepping back and going, we just do this because we enjoy this time together. That's why we're so, going to keep doing it for sure. Yeah. 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 Um, I mean, there's other things that we would, I mean, we would love for it to, you know, for other people to enjoy our yeah. conversations too. That somebody you know, right? might actually make a best of someday. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> um, How many episodes do you need for that? Yeah, well, <laughs> I don't know. I have no <laughs> well, idea. I mean, if you have one episode, you can do the best of that episode. <laughs> We've got a few episodes though. Yeah, we could. I'm not gonna. I'm not about to start putting mm-hmm. together a best of. So. Well, I'm not either because I think I would stop listening to us. Oh, gee. No, come on, like, no. I'd be so conscious and aware of every little thing that we said that I'd be like, I can't do this. So <laughs> I just have to sit here and just have a conversation with you and move right. on. Right. Well, I continue to enjoy listening to our conversations. <laughs> but, you know, but okay, but I, I say know, that. I, drive, and that's, I drive that's and, not and a, I laugh at us. Yeah, so but, maybe but that, we think and we're that's funny. not like a prideful kind of thing that I just love. Well, I do love us so much. But, um, <laughs> But it's because, I mean, that's one of the, I mean, in our very first episode, that's one of the things we talked about, or maybe it was a second episode, I can't remember which one now, but is that, you know, we go back and we, if we listen to the conversations that we have, that we record, we hear things differently when we listen to yeah, it a second we time. Because we're not in the middle and thinking through what our next thing, we just, we just hear what each other yeah. is saying. 
And that's why I love it. I, I, I love, so it's, we're not kidding when we say we started this thing for us and we'll continue this thing for us, you know, yeah. whether it goes anywhere or not, because it, it really is. It, it's like, it's, it's been, I think a, a wonderful tool for our marriage, you know, that yeah. we just hear, uh, well, not only do we have like intentional conversations once a week where we sit down and we say, we're going to talk about this thing and, like we we literally have to shut off all other distractions and all that kind of stuff, right? Um, so we get that benefit, um, but then it's being able to go back and 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 hear things and be like, wow, no, that was really good. I didn't I didn't really pick up on that the first time. That was really good, yeah. you know. Well, we in our conversation with um, Christian and Jason yesterday, one of the things that uh, I had mentioned was that you know, they were asking, how did we start our podcast? And, and I mentioned that our first, what, well, what our, the premise was for our very first episode was just to record a conversation Mm -hmm. for our own learning benefit, um, that we needed to hold on to some, some things that we were fleshing out. And, um, I said, at the end of it, we realized I said some really risky things, um, that I hadn't said out loud or publicly, um, around my faith and my role in the church and just as a woman in Christianity, that sort of thing. And, um, and I said, but it, I go back and listen to that now. It doesn't feel so risky because we've said a lot more stuff since then. That's probably a lot riskier to have a conversation about, but that made me think that one of the things that I want to keep have happening in this is that we, um, don't get, stuck or we don't land on something, we can keep growing, keep evolving, keep saying, hey, that thought back there may not have been, it may have been for that time, but we've evolved and moved into another thought. So I think that's uh, kind of uh, fun to kind of track that over episode over episode, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, And, and, in that, I mean, we do, we do want to have, like I said, intentional conversations too, you know, not just, you know, bullshit with each other the whole time, even though, you know, we do, we, we have a lot of fun doing that and mm-hmm. laughing together and, you know, cracking each other up and all that kind of stuff. And, um, but really wanting to have, you know, these intentional conversations too. I, I do think it's funny though, how we always take a while to get to like the intentional conversation mm-hmm. and it's like, we we talk around it a bit at the first you know cuz we know <laughs> yeah but we don't we actually know. just say what it's going to be as if we're going to just like we're going to release it to everybody we're gonna, <laughs> we're going to unveil the car but yet we always put it in the title of the episode mm-hmm. almost always so people generally know what we're going to be talking about anyway and so we're yeah. we're we're it's almost like we're unveiling it to ourselves and everybody else already knows yeah but how many times have we started a conversation and it really ends up being different than what we expected i mean i understand what i'm saying is after the fact when we title the episode to release <laughs> it it's like we kind of allude to this is what we're talking about. Oh, like the title of last episode? Yeah. With the picture, the Dr. Seuss books with the title yes. Cancel yeah. Culture. Yeah. And then it took us a while to get there. We're like, okay, guys, you ready? ready? Are you ready for what we're... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this week's topic is... Oh, wait, you know? Oh, okay. Oh, <laughs> oh okay. You already know. So... So, uh, not to just not to jump into it, because there's one other thing I want to talk about first. But today we're going to be talking about how we have kind of reformed our beliefs a little bit, and you know what that what that kind of yeah. looks like for us. Not to talk about what our beliefs are now, but no. just to talk about like the process <laughs> of reforming our beliefs. I have some ideas, yeah, yeah, yeah. but yeah, no, anyway. Um, but before we get into that, I did want to talk about something that's in the news. Oh. Um, that's. Uh, that's kind of a big deal in the evangelical circles oh, right now. Oh, I know. And that's, uh, that's Beth Moore yeah. announcing that she is no longer a part with the SBC or the Southern Baptist Convention. Yeah, she's looking for a new Baptist church. Yeah, she says she's still a Baptist, but she's no longer a Southern Baptist, which I would say that, you know, the Southern Baptists are probably, you know, one of the the largest mm-hmm. sub-denominations within the denomination of being a Baptist. And also, 
I would say one of the worst. Yeah. <laughs> um, very clearly misogynist in their views of women and roles of women, you know, very patriarchal. Um, there was, uh, uh, I mean, even the, the founding of the SBC was in line with holding on to racist I- ideals mm-hmm. and not losing the ability to, to keep having those ideals um, for which they have apologized for, you know, mm-hmm. very late. It was only fairly recently, you know. Right. But they, I mean, so that's not like a big, like, I'm not saying something that's controversial there. They've admitted to it, you know? Right. And so um, they just a number of things like that. They're very, you know, uh, you know, anti-queer. They're, you know, so a lot of, you know, homophobic, you know, transphobic, all, all that kind of stuff too, you know, uh, running in it. So uh, good job on her leaving that. But yeah. that was her, her entire livelihood was well, in Well, because Lifeway... Ministries was part of that. Which and is so, her publishing company. Right. So and they're an SBC publishing company. Yeah. And so it sounds like from, it's, there's new information coming out all the time, but the last that I read was that she was keeping those previous things with Lifeway. They probably have some ownership in it. Yeah. Um, but future work that she does will not happen under that label. Yeah. And um, the other thing that's really interesting, you and I talked about a book um, a few episodes back called um, Jesus and John Wayne, yep. which was a part of some of this conversation that she has had in understanding the uncovering of what she understood SBC to be, um, how things were formed, that cultural yeah. context. And so that book um, was a bit pivotal in her next move. That book has blown up in, yeah. in Christian circles um, and has become... Very, very highly debated, um, and yeah. lots of attacks against it. You know, of course, but a lot um, of oh my gosh, wow, aha moments too. Right. Yeah, and the other thing that I think is interesting is that we weren't trying to, but we kept seeing a lot of retweets and and just tweets coming from Beth Moore um, over the last year. That this decision did not surprise me. Yeah. She was making some um, public statements against a lot of things that were happening in mainstream Christianity. Well, uh, her big thing was um, she was she had a huge problem with Trump, and she mm-hmm. had a huge problem with those who were supporting Trump from right. the evangelical circles. And I and I think that was probably the biggest thing for her more than anything was just really coming to that point of just saying, I don't understand how this. Uh, this area that I am that I am deeply ingrained in can be supporting someone like this, you mm-hmm. know, and so that was a part of her big break. Uh, I, I have zero interest in diving into nitty gritty with no, the Beth Moore really thing. It, it is a big deal. I have zero interest in in either supporting or bashing her. Also, um, it's, it's but an I unfolding do, experience right now. Yeah, I, I do find it interesting that you know, like when I think back on on our transformation, you know, we're going to, mm-hmm. we'll talk about, you know, little bits. Of, I mean, today wasn't really, we weren't really thinking of story time around our, our shift. We've kind of done right. some of that already. We were more talking about like the, I mean, kind of some of the mechanics of it, I think, or the thought process. I don't know that right word. Anyway, scratch that. Um, but, uh, <laughs> you but are with, the editor, you can go yeah, back. <laughs> yes, but I won't. Um, but, uh, but with Beth Moore, I, I do look at it and I'm like, okay, that's a good, that's a, that's a, those are good initial steps. Mm-hmm. She's got, there's so many things that I think that she still needs to deal with. Um, and I mean, she's been pretty outspoken in, in her, you know, uh, anti-queer rights and, you know, stuff like that. Um, and, you know, her support for those, you know, patriarchal and, and mm-hmm. even misogynistic kind of viewpoints within the church of, you know, a woman's place and, and all that. So, you know, I, I think I think she still has a long ways to go. I hope this is only the beginning for Beth Moore. Mm-hmm. Um, and and at the same time, I'm like, it's completely inconsequential to me if it isn't. You mm-hmm. know, it's like it's like we're just not a part of that world anymore. Um, mm-hmm. Which is which that's been really interesting for me too to kind of be really watching this from the outside. Right. As somebody who used to be in the middle of that, somebody to whom 
that would have had, like her decision would have had an impact on me at one point in time. And now watching it from the outside in and Mm -hmm. being kind of like, oh, that's interesting. Doesn't have anything to do with me, but it's interesting, you know? I don't know. Are you, do you feel different? Do you feel, because you even went to Bethmore conferences before yeah. and stuff. Um, it was really interesting because I, I went to one here in Spokane mm-hmm. um, year, years ago, but I think we were already living here when I went. I can't remember. No, we were in McCall because I remember you, no, and, I, you no, and Karen. Oh, it was that. Um, I'm feeling like I went to another one with my mom. Oh, no, no. She went to the same tour in a different city. Okay. So anyway, yes. Um, and there was something that I was hearing different in, um, in that conference than I had heard previously. Hmm. And it was, it was something in line with, uh, a different approach about, um, you know, the conversation about who we are in the context of Christianity. And, um, she, I don't really remember the specifics, but I thought, wow, she's having more, She's saying more things that are in line with some other people we were listening to at the time that were a little bit more, I'm doing air quotes here, emergent um, sounding. Oh, emergent. Yeah. Wow, that's a word we haven't used in a while. And and so I just kind of piqued my curiosity as to where she was headed with that because I felt like it was a big shift from what I had heard previously. So, um, but I do think that when it comes to you know, like you were saying, watching from the outside and you go, oh, that's a thing, you know. Um, I think for me as a woman coming from the Christian faith, it's more than a thing. Um, she's making, she's starting to make a statement um, with her position in the Christian community. And it's going to raise awareness or red flags or yeah, controversy amongst women alone. Let's just take men out of the picture for a moment. The the sides and the camps that women sit in, um, you know, there's, it's almost like if you've been in the Christian community and you haven't done a Beth Moore book study and you haven't done or gone to a Beth Moore conference, um, that's just kind of part of the, that of the Christian culture. Right. Yeah. And, um, and so she's a bit of a, a female guru in terms of modern Christianity. So for her to make this kind of statement in this shift, one, I think it's the beginning of some you of really something do more. Think that. You really I do, do think, think it's that. the beginning yeah. of more because we've talked about more, more. <laughs> um, sorry. Come on, sorry. <laughs> um, but it, but I think that you and I have had this conversation on this podcast multiple times that when you see something, it's really hard to unsee it. And it starts that process. Starts an unraveling process. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that this is the beginning and the fact that she's willing to make such a big, bold move. It's not just a faith decision. It's not just a cultural decision. It's a um, career job decision as well. And so Everything yeah. about her is wrapped up into that decision right now, which was already beginning to unravel for her. So this was a this was a kind of like another death nail in that coffin, right? Because once she started becoming like actively anti-Trump yeah. and like really speaking out with him, I mean, like her organization lost like close to a couple million dollars in a year span. I mean, like. Because again, the the evangelical, you know, white nationalist Christian, mm-hmm. you know, um, I should say it, white Christian nationalist uh, audience was such a big part of her audience. Absolutely. So what happens in this for someone like her is she starts to. I, I'm I'm assuming I'm making a big assumption sure, here. Sure. Sure. But um, she starts the process of going. I'm in personal internal conflict with this political line, right? And I'm seeing that play out as I vocalize that. I'm seeing that play out in a monetary response to my business, which is about my faith. Right. So when these two things start to have disalignment, 
or connectivity, really, those two things connected, but she's having disalignment with, wow, but I can't really go down that road. Then you begin this process of unraveling. You have to start digging in and say, is what's inner conflict with me um, really not just political? Is it inner conflict with my, my belief system? Sure, yeah. And so... I think that when the more, it's like I said, the more you see, you can't unsee that right. stuff, right? right? And so the the digging doesn't stop. This is what a lot of people out there call deconstruction. You're starting to, you don't even know that you're starting that process, except that you're allowing new information in right. that you didn't have before. Um, but you, you start to do that because... You, you're in you're suddenly in conflict with something that was you weren't in conflict with before. Yeah. So Okay, so this is actually beautifully going into what we want to talk about anyway. Mm-hmm. So let's just kind of Go officially down. make that transition and we can start talking about that a, a bit because what you're talking about right now that once you see something you can't unsee it mm-hmm. and once something starts to, you know, again the word was deconstruct that we used a bit ago. I, I kind of like unraveling, you know, mm-hmm. or, or, you know, we, and there's a lot of different words that can, yeah. that can fit within that. Once that process begins, unless you hardcore shut it down, and there are some ways to hardcore yeah. shut it down, it starts to actually pick up speed. Mm-hmm. Um, and it start and things start to, to crumble at a much quicker pace, which for me, started started and began to happen um it, through just a couple of, of little things you mm-hmm. know and then and for you I know like like our journeys were were pretty close in parallel but I remember there were some times when mm-hmm. I would kind of shoot out ahead of you a little bit and then there was like this thing of we were you know kind of working through those and you were a little uncomfortable with where I was and and there have been times when you've shot out mm-hmm. and, and thought some things and I was been a little uncomfortable with where you yeah. were, you know. So we've kind of but but by and large, it's been pretty close and parallel. But I'll just say for me, and and I'm curious if this is if this is the same story for you or not. Um isn't it funny how you know, we've been married 26 years and I can say to you, I'm curious as to what you, if this is yeah, your story. Or I like that. I like that. <laughs> just because we haven't specifically talked about it before. We just live it. So we don't always stop right. and process that. I yeah. also love how I start multiple sentences before yeah. actually so finishing, finishing one. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure all of our listeners, all of <laughs> them enjoy Damn this. Damn it, he did it thing. again. What was he going to say? <laughs> okay. So this this moment for me was when we were in our very first, I say we, we were in our very first pastoral role. I did it again. We were in our very first pastoral role in a Baptist church. It wasn't a Southern Baptist, but mm-hmm. it was pretty conservative. It was a conservative Baptist church. And uh, and I'd, I'd become a youth pastor, but really we were doing the job together, you know? Um, <laughs> there was just so yeah. much of it where it's, you know, that's why I always say we, you know? But um, the... The pastor who had hired us, Dave Fields, um, who we loved, respected, still still love and respect, you know, um, he and his family decided that they needed to leave and go on to pursue other things. I'm not going to try to tell his story. Um, And we were like only a year into this and we're like, oh, great. What do we do now? Well, at that point, I had really started to go deep. And this wasn't Dave's fault, but I'd really started going deep in some real fundamentalist kind of heavy conservative, you know, theology and stuff. Uh, Many people, well, some people won't know this name at all, but John MacArthur, who's a huge conservative church mega pastor, you know, down in Southern California, I was just like eaten up everything he wrote you know, right. all of his sermons. We used to, I remember we had like a CD case full of his sermons and all that kind of stuff. And so God. when it came time to to choose a new pastor, we, I was very intent on, on getting somebody who had been trained at John MacArthur's seminary. Um, and so after lots of searching, we found somebody um, and 
you know, was the worst thing that ever happened to that little church. Ended up completely destroying it. We ended up leaving through all that. But about a year into having hired that guy, I just remember having a conversation with you one day and saying, if this is where our thinking is taking us, something's wrong with our thinking. Do you remember that conversation? Uh, yes. And like if like if we continue on this path and and we're going to end up like him, we've done something really wrong. Yeah. You know, we there's th- this isn't working. This is not what it's supposed to look like, right? right? And and I remember that was that was the moment when something different happened in my thinking to where I looked out and I saw an outcome that this was leading to. And I worked backwards from that and said, I, I'm at a crossroads right now. And one direction, I know where it leads me. The other direction, I'm not sure where it leads, but I know it doesn't lead to that. Mm-hmm. And that was like the first time I had ever really gone through that kind of mental exercise. And that was the beginning of my unraveling. Yeah. Um, how about you? Well, about- well, before we get to me, I, I think it's important to point out an example that happened with him because for this reason, not to just like, you know, tell stories about a terrible person, but because... Who was it- still a fucking pastor, by the way. <sighs> um, but w- what's important about it is that it didn't necessarily start with a, sitting at a Bible study or an elder meeting and talking about doctrine and whether we agree or disagree on these no, things. No. It wasn't like that. Mm-mm. And I remember specifically you coming home one day and saying, you won't believe what someone just said to me. And it was um, one of our students in the youth group at that time, um's parent worked um, at a local store. And Trent had gone into that store knowing this relationship and tried to tell her, I'll let you say what it was. I'm trying to remember what situation you're talking about. That she needed to come to church and that um, she was going to go to hell if she didn't. Oh, you're, yes, I do know what you're talking about. Yeah. Yes. So the girl used to come to our, we won't say her name. Right. Uh, she used to come to our youth group. Right. But her, uh, but her family were not Christians. Right. And so, uh, yeah. So he went and, and ran into her mother. Right. And proceeded to give her the fire and brimstone, you know, conversion you know, conversation and but how basically told her she was going to go to hell. Yeah, he did. He like, not basically. He like, he flat her. out said, "You're going to hell if you don't repent and turn to Jesus." And thought he was doing her and this girl in our youth group a favor. <laughs> and the, and the girl was just broken about this, and it had been years because of... for some reason it really pissed her mom off. Oh, for some reason. Well, yeah, um, but. <laughs> She had been coming as part of the community around the youth group, right? Um, partly for relationship. Uh, right. She was, right. you know, trying to learn what her faith was, and this was literally going to keep her from being able to come and to be a part of this community. And yeah, because her mom had a problem with her now attending this place. Yeah, this is yeah. what you think of me. Yeah, and um, and it, I think it was that playing out a doctrine or or a belief system being played out in a public atmosphere Mm -hmm. in a way that directly affected uh, loving your neighbor, directly affected uh, the relationships we had been so invested in. That we had spent a long time cultivating. Well, yeah, Yeah. and, and we just... We just genuinely cared about the well-being of our students. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it wasn't about what they believed. It was more about, are you okay today? Like, I mean, it just yeah. wasn't that. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. he took it to this place that, and and that was just, I think, the beginning of many, many things that happened. But I think it's important to bring that up because it's not always about we disagree on what the Bible says about this. 
No. But it's how the beliefs that we have play out and how we view the world, how we view others that really start to matter. Right. And that uh, that playing out was was the beginning for you. So I, I just wanted to make that yeah. kind of connection no, that's a, there. I think that's good. Uh, yeah. It, again, it was... It had something to do with, like I said, this shift in my approach to my thinking to looking at where is this heading. Mm -hmm. Rather than up to that point, it was all about my head buried in a theology right. to, to try to prove its, um, its truth, right? right? Its validity. And its, yeah. And the whole apologetics conversation that was big in the church too, where it's the defending of those viewpoints and, you know, from outside influences and being able to argue with others about why this is true and you're not right. And, you know, and, um, and so my head was buried in that and that in, you know, a series of engagements similar to that, um, even worse than that, uh, were what pulled my eyes up from that. Mm -hmm. And looked out as to like, look to the horizon saying, this is where we're headed. If mm -hmm. we keep, if we keep holding on to these quote unquote truths. Right. Um, and, and I said, and that's when I was just like, whoa, wait a second. You know, these train tracks are leading to a cliff, right? Yeah. They, they're not leading to the promised land. They're leading to a cliff, you mm -hmm. know, <laughs> and, and. And, and if that's where they're leading, that means there's something wrong with the tracks, right? Mm -hmm. There's something wrong with this. It's like, we shouldn't be headed in that direction. We're supposed to be headed in this direction over here, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and, and up until then, I had been, you know, talking about the whole emergent thing. Again, that's so funny that you bring that up because I, I, I haven't heard that terminal. It's not used in really that much in... Um, Christian circles it's anymore. It's moved on to deconstruction. Yeah, to other things. Yeah, <laughs> um, but there was this uh, there was this new kind of thing that was happening with these emergent teachers. They would call this <laughs> emergent thinking, this emergent theology. It was freaking the church out. Oh my gosh! It was the wolves in cheap clothing. It was the the vipers coming in. It was the yeah. you know, and it was all uh, kind of centered around this idea of these these people that were there were coming from within Christianity and kind of rising up going, maybe we haven't gotten this all right. You know, yeah. maybe there are other ways of looking at some of these theologies and everybody was, you know, so hell bent on throwing them out, you know, and, and, you know, vilifying them and, and showing them for the heretical teachers that they were, you know, the false yeah. prophets, all that kind of stuff. And so, um, so I was firmly on that board, you know, mm -hmm. on that train where I was like, you know, they, these guys, this is the next big evil that's coming into the church and all that kind of stuff. And so there was this little crack in that armor that happened that made me start thinking, okay, well, if, if everything I've been holding on to so tightly is, is leading me in this direction that I don't want to go, maybe I have to open myself up just a little bit, just a little bit that there might be a, a different way of looking at some of this. Mm -hmm. um, well, I think when you, um, we cared deeply about our students and those who knew us from the beginning of that youth ministry would say that there's been a huge, I would hope would say, but I think they would, that there's been a huge change in us um, through that whole process. But, yeah. um, but the one thing that I hope and I believe was consistent was that we truly just loved them. And and I think then when you start to put these um, theologies and doctrines into place and teach them and move other people through them, and yet you love them at the same time, you see how they're trying to work that out, and you go, some of this just isn't, right. isn't helpful. It's not working. It's making things worse for them, not right. better. Right. And, um, and I think... You know, you can't help but love people and not pay. Well, I guess you can, um, but I think you can't help help it. You know, that process of caring about people and not be aware of what it is that you're doing or saying or believing and regurgitating. Yeah. Um, and if the goal is to make 
disciples that make disciples that make disciples, then we have to be really careful what it is that we're doing. And I think we took that very seriously. Um, so really, the students were a part of that process of keeping us um, very aware of what it was that our belief systems were actually doing to ourselves and to other people yeah, and kept us in a process of learning and saying, what if? Yeah. Um, okay. So, so here's a question for you. Yeah. Um, when at this point in time in our life, our theological construction mm-hmm. had a lot of, uh, patriarchal yeah. um, components to it. I don't know that I would say that between you and I, it stretched into any misogyny, um, you know, that I, that I looked down on you for being a woman or, or, no, you know, no, any of that I kind of n- stuff. I didn't feel that. But there definitely was the patriarchal kind of stuff that I'm the head of the household. Yeah. I'm ultimately responsible to God for the decisions we make as a family. I always wanted us to, to talk about things, but when it came down to it, I was the final decision maker mm-hmm. all of that. I mean, that's pretty accurate, right? Uh, yeah, it was a culture we were in. Yeah. yeah. So when I started kind of having some of these misgivings, you know, and, and kind of thinking, man, I, I mm-hmm. maybe we got some things wrong here. What was going on in, in your mind in this time? I mean, were you were you responding to me like, you know, well, you're just going to follow my lead and see where we go? Um, did you have super strong opinions yourself? Were you, um, were you scared for me that there were some cracks in my theological thinking? I mean, I'm curious. Well, it wasn't like (laughs) when we were first married and, uh, we talked about that marriage class led by a woman. It wasn't, it wasn't like... We'd come a long way since then. (laughs) But I think that some of the questions you were asking were, or or entertaining, I guess, weren't too different from ones that I'd had pretty much my entire life. It was, it was the cracks in the system that, yeah, okay. I I mean, I always had this thing. There was (laughs) the guy who did our um, marriage counseling um, or premarital counseling had said, you know, that you always have to make sure you give she's a, just as a leader in her own way. And you've got to make sure you give her areas of leadership. Like he was giving you permission to give me permission to lead something. I don't know. <laughs> but, um, but I think that we can't, we met doing something on equal turf. Um, I came independently on my own. You came independently on we your did. own. Yeah. And and I think we saw each other as a counterpart, not elevated or from each other. But we participated in the structure, the system that was there. Um, and so I think that when you started asking questions, um, I wasn't afraid like I was well, – you know, that first year of marriage when we were, our, our faith systems were so different. We'd done a lot together by that point in trying to understand, um, God and faith and ministry. So for me, it, it, I, maybe it gave me permission to say, oh, huh. Okay. Well, I've had this question. What about this? Mm. Um, there were definitely moments for me that I remember being more heightened about it. But I think because I'm so justice oriented, that whole experience that we had with Trent, um, (gasps) you said his name. I had said it earlier. I don't really care. (laughs) No, he's an abusive person and I don't don't have a problem saying that. I know. I know. I just Um, think it's funny. But, um, I, I think that that was a, that was a, oh my gosh, like this is, this is ugly and I don't want any part of this yeah. and you're hurting all these people that I truly, truly love that we called family. Yeah. And um in our choice to step away and not ask them to take sides um was probably one of the more painful things that we have we have done in our adult life. Yeah. To um to step aside and maybe even look like the bad guy. Um we had students that questioned if they did something wrong that made us want to leave. And we 
didn't want to create a divisive church. Um, he had to rise and fall on his own, but we took some of the blows for that. I I didn't like that. Yeah. And so then that that system of doing things wasn't really working. And then we walk into a, you know another church and it's like pendulum swings. There's some things that aren't anything like that and it's other things that are the issues, right? Yeah. Yeah. So um and, and there was part of it we got to live in this little bubble with the students where we just got to be authentically our, ourselves and um, enjoy who they were and who they were becoming um, without some of that happening. But I think we continually came into conflict with the evangelical way of looking at social structure um, at roles of men and women, particularly, I think that was one that kept coming up for us as we right. helped students to emerge into a life of their own outside of high school. We kept combating this idea that they had specific roles, mm. um, things they could and couldn't do because of what gender they were and um, or who they were allowed to love or not love. You know, I, it, it, I think it just like I said, I think they were our greatest teachers um, they showed us um, a way forward, and they didn't even know it. They were looking to us to find a way forward for themselves, but really I think they were teaching us. Um, but I, I don't think I had – I think some of the things you brought up, I would go, whoa, okay, i got to think about that for a while. Um, and But I don't think it was ever something that was like, whoa, dude, I can't go down that road with you. It was more, okay, if I'm going to be thinking about stuff, you know, I have my own cracks in the system I'm yeah. questioning. I've got to, you know, hear this out and let it rattle around in my head for a while. I think it's, uh, it's a little funny that we said we wanted to talk, that not we, I said we wanted to kind of talk about a little bit more of the mechanics and we weren't really mm. going to tell so much of a story. We totally just told a story, which now that we've, you know, that that's the way the conversation has gone is perfect. I mean, cause it's, it, it is a story that, that happened, you know, that kind of began that, that process for us. Um, I, I think the, you know, if I'm going to, if I'm going to find a point in that for me, you know, as far as what began to, you know, began that process for me to start, mm -hmm. um, changing how I approach my beliefs. Yeah is that what happened for me in that period of time was that I recognized there may be another way of looking at this. Yeah. And Did, I Don't you think it started with, it, there may be another way to look at this because as you started to look at somebody else's idea that they, they brought up about this particular whatever topic, you went, I can't find something wrong with that. Like, it was kind of this. Well, that, I think that came later. Okay. I th I do think that came later. I think the. I, I think the really truly for me the the first part of it was just, just recognizing that there was a an, there was another. There was another viewpoint out. There, there was another way of looking at this. Yeah. And in other words, when I looked at. At the kind of person that Trent was and, you know, and he came from the seminary that I was, you know, such a fan of and, you know, and yeah. we specifically sought out this guy because of his training and all that kind of stuff. And then right. to be in a position of looking at, at the kind of person he is and going, I don't want to be that kind of person. Mm -mm. That's when this, this thing in me said, okay, well, if I don't want to be that kind of person, and this kind of thinking leads to being that kind of person, then I have to acknowledge there may be some validity to a different way of thinking. Mm -hmm. And that was huge for me because up to that point, that way of thinking was the only way there was to think. Mm -hmm. Period. Sorry. <clears throat> that beer's getting to you. Yeah, that cough got to me. Um, and it, it's that, uh, it's that, that recognition that maybe this, 
way of thinking about things isn't as right as I have been led to believe. Or, or as that absolute. I had, or as absolute. Right. Correct. And 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 so for me that what that did is it forced uh there was a little there was a little crack in my in my uh in my defenses of mm-hmm. you know keeping all other thoughts out of that, you know, to, from you know, no, I'm not gonna I'm not even gonna give space for any other thoughts, right? I just we just immediately dismissed those. There was a little crack in that defensive wall. And then there was this wedge that was shoved into it that began to spread it apart a little bit that allowed for some, some, uh, allowed for some freedom, freedom. That's not even the right word for it. Cause it didn't feel very free at the time. Um, it just allowed for some, some other viewpoints to be able to start to be able to kind of start seeing them. And, mm-hmm. and so for, you know, for me, that was then, you know, because we ended up leaving that church mm-hmm. and going to, you know, <laughs> to go work with Dave Fields again. Mm-hmm. Um, but there was another pastor there um, who um, was much further down this road than we were. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, in his uh, deconstruction, unraveling, whatever you want to call it. Emergent thinking <laughs> his at that emergent time, Emergent thinking probably. at that time, yeah. And... Uh, um, and he just began to just kind of just gently lay some things down in front of me. Okay, so, I mean, you you say that, but what about this? Mm-hmm. And, and, for, and for me, my defenses weren't as strong against that anymore because of what had happened with Trent that allowed me to say, maybe there's another way to think about this. And so it forced me into a position of being willing to at least uh, acknowledge that there's a that there's another way another to way to think about it, um, and well, not just because of course there was a lot there's lots of other ways to think about everything, right. uh, you know. It, but there was an inherent within that there was this acknowledgement that there's there's another way to think about it, and that that other way to think about it may not be evil. I mean, really, that's what it came down to. It just, it may not be evil in and of itself. You know what my uh, first, I think really first deep question was, and it, and it played out in the character difference between um, Trent and this other pastor. And um, we'll say Trent, but we won't say Mike. Mike. Well, yeah. (laughs) Whom we love and, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) But, um, so anyway, let me. Yeah. My point being that um, a question that I had had probably my entire life that I that I would push aside and push aside and push aside, I finally allowed um, space for it to to breathe, and it was I've been told that God is love, and if I am going to be a person of love that that is going to be my character, then knowing God, being a child of God, being someone who has salvation through Jesus, that is how I am able to love. Without that, it's not really love, right? Right. So then I start to question people that I meet in my life who have nothing to do with Christian faith, or the God that I understand, and yet their ability to love is sometimes much better than what I was viewing inside the church. And so this is one of those areas where I had to keep trying to figure this out. How can you love if you don't have God? Because God is love, so therefore without God you can't actually love. So what is that thing that I'm seeing? Um, So the difference between Mike and Trent was that a faith in God played out, looked so different. I don't know if there's another person on this planet that loves in the way that I've seen Mike love. Right. Incredibly sacrificial. Um, and, and yet has a very different belief system than the one we were 
you know, essentially coming from and seeing the lack of love played out with Trent. I think it was, it was that that started me going, there's probably another way because this doesn't feel like love over here. It doesn't look like love. It doesn't look like what Jesus talked about love looking like. So I found myself gravitating to the conversations or actually to the people that were showing more love and saying, what is it that gets you here? Right. And surprisingly to myself, it's not surprising to me now, I found this character. I found this genuine ability to love outside of the church doors. Right. And, um, so I would say that was probably um, my de- quote unquote deconstruction question of um, I've got to rethink how I've thought about where love comes from. Yeah. What, how I'm supposed to be perceiving it or, or having the fruit of the spirit is love. Like, I, yeah. That whole thing. So I think that. Um... Uh, what I'm realizing is that uh, we have a lot more conversation here. <laughs> this this wasn't kind of the the quick conversation that I had kind of <laughs> imagined that it would be. Well, because Did I, I not predict that. Well, yeah, I know because I I kind of I I had this other thing in my head that we would just we would it would be a much more like just points <laughs> more much more of an outline conversation we could we could put, uh, upload those notes to the show yeah. notes so that people could see your outline yes, if i <laughs> fucking had made one <laughs> it's you know it's the things that live in my head that never actually make it out i'm so glad that didn't happen because this was a much better conversation of course um and and i do i do want to continue it um, I'm a little mindful of the time because you actually have another podcast interview today mm-hmm. that uh, that you know we're both super excited about. That'll be coming soon. Yeah. Um, so again, I just want to be a little bit mindful that, of the time. I, I do I do want to say though that in this, that you know, uh, part of the the reforming of our beliefs has has really turned into the reforming of how we approach beliefs, period. Absolutely, because this is not faith only. This is this is, whole this life. Has been, this, this has is, been an entirety of our life. Yeah. But I think for us, it did start in this faith structure. It absolutely did because that was all that existed of us. Yeah. Is that we were completely wrapped up and consumed in our faith and there, and we didn't exist outside of that. No. There was no part of us. Maybe that's a bit of why we fell apart years back. Yeah, that's another thing worth exploring. Yeah. Huh. Um, yeah, that's Oof. <laughs> shit. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> mm. mm. <laughs> we might be talking after the mics go off. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, but I, I do think that that what we have discovered in that process um, is something that, you know, and it's it something that we, we want to actively share with everybody mm-hmm. because we think it's very helpful. Um, in fact, that's what the whole base of rethink, rethink is, is, yeah. is, is helping to share that, um, that new approach to, to just how we, how we look at belief because right now individualized beliefs to us, um, don't hold the weight that they once did. Um, how we approach those beliefs and how we engage with those beliefs holds far more importance to us now. Mm-hmm. And so if a belief needs to adjust or if a belief needs to flat out change I just had a picture in or, or, or any of that in order for us to live more fully you know, in the direction we want to live, we're totally fine with that, letting go of that belief or letting yeah. it change or what, like we, we don't hold to those beliefs in the same kind of way anymore. Okay, go ahead. I just had to finish that thought. Well, the picture that came to my mind when you said that was if you uh, pour a glass of wine and you drink it immediately 
after the poor, it has one experience. But if you let it air and let it breathe, then there's another experience with the wine. Yeah, totally. It's still the same wine, right? Yeah. But it has this ability to be fuller yeah. and more flavor profiles to unfold. I want that experience yeah. with life is that the things that I'm entertaining have a chance to breathe rather than being forced to land and being forced to have a conclusion all the time like I've had in the past. I, right. I want these things to have the space to breathe so that I can move through each flavor profile. That's good. I like that. I like that. And I also like wine. Yeah. So I really like that. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think the the difference is is between um when when you hold the belief so strongly, then everything else has to has to coincide with that. It has to it has to be able to to fit you know, in with that. Mm -hmm. And if, so if there's something else that comes along it and it doesn't fit with that belief, then you have to shed it because mm -hmm. it doesn't fit anymore. Whereas um, we are far more interested now in the experience. Mm -hmm. We're far more interested in, um, in the discovery process. So like, I, you know, we both, you know, love to find out, to, to learn about how other people approach life and how mm -hmm. they think about things and how they think about God and politics and, you know, and family and all that, all the, right. the categories, right? Um, we, we love to learn about that. And then we're always like in this place of like, there's things within that, that, that we want to incorporate in our own lives. And then yeah. there's other things that's like, no, that's, that's yours. And, but we love to see it, you know, all that kind of mm -hmm. stuff. Um, we love the experience of living now more than we do that life has to fit within these rigid confines of this belief system. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, I, I'll never forget that, you know, having a conversation with uh the the guy that became pastor after Trent, you know, and you know, once we had moved to a different church, and you know, we were back mm -hmm. in Idaho again, and and he, you know, we wanted to meet one day and have coffee, and and uh, I just remember him getting so angry at me when we were talking about, you know, we, he was challenging me, what do I believe now about the gospel, you know, and and at one point in time, he was like, you know, trying to trying to understand your beliefs is like trying to nail jello to the wall, you know? And, and I, I think back at that, you know, and of course his point that he's trying to make is that, you know, it just, it doesn't have any substance to it. And so, you know, a nail can't hold it. And I, and, I'm, and I wish I would have said to him, you know, I just really wish I would have said to him, why the fuck do you want to nail jello to a wall? <laughs> <laughs> jello is for eating and enjoying <laughs> and you want to nail it to a wall, but it's like, that's the thing, right? Yeah. It's like that, that, that was the dip. He wanted something wooden and literal that he could nail to a wall and it would sit there. Yeah. And, and you know, yeah, my beliefs are more like jello, you know, it's like they could, they could, form an, any space that they needed to, you know, to, to form to, or they could form any shape they needed to, to fill any space that, you know, needed to be filled in that point. And it was all about the enjoyment of it and engaging with it and, you know, and uh, all that kind of stuff. And I'm like, that is, that has become so much truer in my life Yeah. that I'm like, yeah, that's a great analogy for uh, for how you're approaching beliefs as opposed to how I'm approaching beliefs, you know? Yeah. Um, and I understand your frustration because, you know, you, you're looking for something different in your beliefs, but I'm just not interested in, in those wooden, literal, rigid belief systems. I'm just, I'm just not interested in it. Well, and then freeing yourself from the context that, that one of those is right or wrong. Yeah. 
that if you want to be jello, be jello. Yeah. If you want to be a piece of wood nailed to a wall, be a piece of wood. Yeah. Like, I mean, I have a preference of where I want to land, but who am I to say that one of those is right and one of those is wrong? Yeah. I mean, it's just, I I mean, even Jesus himself said, you know, you say all of this, <laughs> but I say this. Like, he was probably felt like jello to the Pharisees at the time. Right. So I think it's really important for us to realize that that we don't have to always land on one side or the other, but the process of of moving through those things is far more important yeah, yeah. than what sticks to the wall. <laughs> right. I don't know. I think I know what I'm titling this episode. <laughs> like nailing jello to a wall. Oh, just jello. Just jello. Oh, I like mine. Okay. Okay, we'll see who wins, won't we? <laughs> That's an easy answer. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I really think we have to cut you loose. Okay. So you can get ready for your, your next one that's coming. But awesome. uh, but we'll keep going on this conversation because um, there's, I think there's, yeah. just, there's a lot more to talk about here. A lot more to yeah, talk about yeah. here. So, and it was, it's a fun conversation too. Yeah. At least for us. Um, yeah. 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 <laughs> so anyway. Okay. All right. We'll see you guys all next time. <laughs>